We're talking about those things that will accommodate greater blessing in our life. We're in this series called The Blessed Life. And uh, I want you to look at one verse this morning from Psalm 112. It says here in verse 1, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Now you take time to, to read the rest of that chapter, maybe sometime today, and you'll see all the blessings that belong to you as you fear the Lord. I like what the Amplified says. It says, Praise the Lord and hallelujah. Blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied is the man who reveres, who fears, and worships the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. And so the fear of the Lord is another important aspect of us to increase in our walk with God and even live in the greater blessings of this blessed life. I looked this definition up of fearing the Lord. I like it, so I'm going to read it to you. <clears throat> fearing the Lord means to be in awe of His holiness, to give Him complete reverence, and to honor Him as the God of great glory, great majesty, great purity, and great power. So when we talk about the fear of the Lord, we're talking about reverence. And I know this for sure in my life, and I believe that in your life and in this church, we can increase in respect and in the reverence from the Lord. Amen. You know, we have come from glory, and one day we'll go to glory. But between the two, we're going from glory to glory. Amen. And so if we want to experience a greater presence and greater glory in our individual lives and in the church, I believe that must be a greater reverence. You know, when you talk about deep respect and when you talk about reverence, sometimes people's minds can kind of go off on a tangent and they equate it with being depressed. They equate it with being no fun. Yet we look in the Bible, God's a fun God. People think, well, church is no fun. Who said that? Religion says that. God didn't say that. If you look in the Old Testament, he told his people to rejoice. I mean, they got so happy, he told them to eat the sweet, drink the fat. This day is holy unto the Lord, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And he told them to rejoice over and over. And I'm telling you what, they were a rejoicing bunch. They were a bunch that worshiped the Lord. How about us? I believe this, that God created rejoicing and dancing for the kingdom of God and for his children. Amen. Amen. Now the devil stole it and the devil, devil took it, but we're taking it back. Amen. Here's the truth about it. The greater place that we give him, the greater respect that we give him, the more place we give him in our lives. That is true of spiritual fathers, but that is so true of our heavenly father. If we give him respect and we give him place, we're going to hear from him. He's going to show us things to come. He's going to lead us. He's going to guide us into all the truth. And so there are degrees of glory. There's a degrees of reverence. There are degrees of the fear of the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28 and verse 29, it says, For as much then... We receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace. Whereby we may serve God acceptably. Read the rest with me. With reverence and godly fear. And the next verse says, For our God is a 
consuming fire. I believe that you and I should be in awe of him. He is the king of kings. He is God Almighty. He is El Shaddai. He is El Elyon. He is our God. And He is worthy of our respect and worthy of our praise. You know, when we get to heaven, we're going to really see some awesome things. I looked up a few things about heaven. Let me just paraphrase some of it. The Bible says, And he looked upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow around about the throne in sight like an emerald. Around the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and on their heads they had crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and the midst of it was the throne. And behold, I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne of beasts and the elders, and the numbers of them was ten thousand times ten thousands and thousands of thousands. And every creature that is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and a her in the sea and all that are in them, behold, I heard saying, Blessing and glory and honor and power to him that sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever. So how are we going to act when we get to heaven I'll tell you, it's not going to be like this. Oh, yeah, I read that somewhere. This is neat. Glad I came. Can I have another piece of gum? No, no, no. Being in heaven and strolling down the streets of glory is not anywhere near strolling down the streets of Main Street at Disneyland. We must be in awe of Him. There's no disrespect in the throne. There's pure joy. There's pure worship. And did you know that by faith, that can be the way it is down here? Because Jesus said, the will of God be done in earth as it is in heaven. You see, by faith, we can be in awe of Him. Just in your spiritual imagination, when you come into this place, close your eyes. See yourself at the throne of God. Get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes off the worship leaders. Get your eyes off of us. And put your eyes on Jesus. And He will take you to places that you've never, ever been before. We need to know what the fear of the Lord is. And we need to know what the fear of the Lord is not. The fear of the Lord is not some sort of a formal or fake or false fear of God taught by man. In Isaiah 29, it says this, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as the people draw near to me with their mouth and with their lips they honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men or by the rules of men. You see this in religious circles where people of 
religion are afraid of God. And they don't say God or Father. They say God. And they say, our dear Heavenly Father. It's wrong. It is a religion and it is something that is not the fear of God. It is something that has no concept of God. It is gruff. It is hard. It is legalistic. It will always cause us to look over our shoulder. It's based on wrong thinking. It's not based on the Word of God. Am I clear? Secondly, the fear of the Lord is not devilish fear. You know, God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. We have the spirit of faith. We have the spirit of victory. There is no fear here. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, blessed be the Lord God, we don't have to be afraid. Why? Because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you. I am for you. I'm on the inside of you. Walk with me and I'll take you through the valley of the shadow of death right on to Victory Mountain. Come on, somebody. Much fear... It is based on something that hasn't happened. Here's what Jesus said. Men will swoon away and they will expire with fear in the last days, with dread and apprehension because of the expectation of things that are coming on the world. Look out, look out, look out. No, look out, no. Look up. Our redemption is drawing nigh. One person said it this way. It's never safe. To look into the future with eyes of fear. In 1 John 4, 17, we're going to look at 17 before 18. It's different in my notes up there. But in verse 17, it says, there is no fear in love. Well, no, verse 17. Herein, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In 1 John 4, 17, that's right. Let's read it together. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have Keep that up there. Notice with me, no fear of judgment. But rather, boldness. You see, it's not a fearful day when we all get to heaven. It's not a fearful day for those that have been washed in the blood of Jesus. Why? Because we're not afraid of Him. And because He's with us and we are with Him. Notice this. We have boldness in the day of judgment. And the reason why is this. Because as He is. Say with me. Because as He is. So are we in this world. Now what that means to you and me is because we can have boldness in the day of judgment, there's no tormenting fear about it. There's no fear. Now notice this with me. And I think it's important. We have boldness in the day of judgment. That does not mean that we lack respect in that day. That does not mean that we are disrespectful. No, we could be that way down here as well as up there. We can be respectful. Now notice with me in verse 18. It says, there is no fear in love. But what does perfect love do? It casts out fear because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in life. 
Godly fear has torment, does it not? See, in that day of judgment, we can be bold. Amen. When we go before the throne of grace, I tell you one thing we're not going to be doing. We're not going to be snapping our gum and saying, well, now how long is this going to take? No, we're going to be in holy and awesome respect of Him. And I don't think that's the way it should be in church either. I don't think we should be snapping our gum. I don't think we should be looking at our watch, asking ourselves, how long is this going to take? Doesn't the pastor know that the 49ers are playing at 10 a.m.? All right. Hallelujah. So what is then? It's not devilish fear. It's not religious fear. The fear of the Lord is to have respect for Him because who He is and what He's done in our lives. In Deuteronomy in chapter 10 and verse 12 and 13 it says, And now Israel, what does the Lord require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him, and to serve your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Verse 13, it says, To keep the commandments of the Lord and His statutes, which I command thee this day for good. So to fear the Lord, then, is to love Him and serve Him, walk in His ways, and obey His commandments. And here's what the fear of the Lord will do in our lives. The fear of the Lord, literally, when we have an awesome respect for Him, the fear of the Lord will literally cause us to depart from evil. The fear of the Lord will also enable us to hate what he hates. What does God hate? Well, in Proverbs 8 verse 13, it says, the fear of the Lord is to what? Hate evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way. And the froward mouth do I hate. Twisted speech do I hate. And so walking in the fear of the Lord will cause us and help us to depart from evil. In Proverbs 16 and verse 6, it says this, By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men do what? Men depart from evil. If it smells evil, depart from it. If it looks evil... I got a clue for you. It is evil. And if it's evil, we don't need to have anything to do with it. We do not want to associate with evil because what we associate with gets off on us. Walking in the fear of the Lord will also give us the restraints that we need to depart from sin. We'll be able to restrain ourselves from giving into our flesh. When we respect God and His Word. You do know that your flesh is alive and well. I mean, for the most part. I'm looking out there and everybody looks like they're breathing. Everyone looks alive and well. But the thing about the flesh is, the flesh is not born again. The flesh is not born again. It still needs to be showered. It still needs to be shaved. But more than that, it still needs to be kept under. 
Additionally, it still needs to be presented to God as a living sacrifice, not just once, come on, but daily. See, we are living temples of the Holy Ghost, and we are to live our lives as a holy, acceptable sacrifice unto God, which is our reasonable service. So this flesh, if left unchecked, will do the same things that it did before your inner man was born again. Your flesh is not the real you. Your spirit is the real you. And when your spirit comes into contact with the father of spirits through the new birth, you become a new creation on the inside. But just because we are new creations on the inside doesn't mean that it's going to affect the outside unless we cultivate it and work out our deliverance and work out this so great a salvation on a daily basis walking with God. And so this flesh needs to be held in check. Our flesh, if we allowed it, would have stayed in bed this morning. But I see you're here. Why? Because your flesh is not in charge of you. The real you, the one on the inside, is in charge of your flesh. Now, this does not happen apart from the helper. Thank God we got a helper. I said, thank God we got a helper. And the helper is the Holy Spirit. He not only leads and guides us into all the truth, but he will help us to mortify the deeds of our body. What does that mean? To reckon ourselves dead indeed unto sin and to walk in newness of life. Jesus said this. He said, when I go away... Ladies and gentlemen, it's to your advantage. Because when I go away, I'm going to send someone who will be with you and live with you forever. And so it's to your advantage that you take advantage of the greater one who lives on the inside of you. We are not at a disadvantage when it comes to the things of God. We are highly favored and we have high advantages because the greater one lives in us. And so when you get the Holy Spirit involved in your life and in helping you respect God, you know, you can't respect God in your flesh. You need the help of the Holy Ghost. You see, God is a spirit, somebody. Come on, amen. And they that worship Him must worship Him. Where? In spirit and in truth. When we come to church, we cannot worship God the way He should be worshipped without the help of the Holy Ghost. The good news is, is we've got the helper on the inside of us. It's to our advantage. It's a great advantage when it comes saying no to sin. Your flesh is not that strong. Your mind is not that strong. But oh, thank God, with the greater one living on the inside of you, you can depart from evil. You can walk in the newness of life that God has created you. And that, my friends, is good preaching. Glory to God. (laughs) So what are we saying? 
We're saying that the fear of the Lord with the help of the Holy Spirit will keep us holy, come on, and in agreement with God. Holiness doesn't have anything to do with makeup, doesn't have anything to do with hair, doesn't have anything to do with the clothes you wear. I will say this, that when you are walking in holiness, you will be aware of the clothes you wear. Too many Christian people are not aware of the clothes they wear. They have, well, never mind. Amen. Some of them just don't keep the subject covered very well. Let's just say it that way. See, I really believe this, that when we come in here, this is a glory zone. This is a presence zone. That's why we don't, you know, allow people to bring the coffee in and their donuts in and their bagels in. Now, I'm not judging any churches that do that. Don't misunderstand me. But just the way that we do it here, coffee in the foyer, fellowship with one another out there, fellowship with God in here. Amen? Amen. I am not going to allow a cappuccino to compromise the presence of God. I just heard the choir saying, Hallelujah. Okay. Let's get down to, like Nacho Libre said, the nitty gritty. When we walk in this, when we walk in the fear of the Lord, the authentic fear of the Lord, not some phony thing, it opens the floodgates of greater blessing. Just like faithfulness does. We talked about that last week. A faithful man shall what? Abound with the blessings. An obedient man, obedient woman, if they obey and serve me, they shall spend their life in prosperity and their days in pleasure. If you be willing and obedient, you're going to eat the what? The good of the land. So I think there's a lot of emphasis in the body of Christ on the blessing, 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 but not enough emphasis on the ingredients that positions us for blessing, blessing, blessing. And that's really the purpose of this series. We'll be switching gears next week and talking about that the blessed life is a generous life. But how many of you are interested in some of the blessings that belong to us as a result of fearing God. Number one, walking in the fear of the Lord has many benefits. Psalm 34, 7 says that the angel of the Lord will encamp around about them that what? That fear him him and brings deliverance into our lives. So what this is saying, that the angels of God will surround you and protect you When you walk in the fear of the Lord, you are making a decision when you fear the Lord to walk in safety and in security. How about this one? Days are added to your life. Anybody interested in that? Well, Proverbs 10, 27 says this. The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Say this with me. My desire desire 
is to live long, but not just to live long, but to live strong and to fulfill all the will of God. The fear of the Lord will help us to do that. Through fearing the Lord, we will be able then, number three, to avoid the snares of death. In Proverbs 18, 27, in the Amplified, it says, Reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may avoid the very, what? Snares of death. That's Proverbs 14, 27 in the Amplified. The next one is this, number four. You will have riches and honor and life as a reward. Proverbs 22, 4 says, The reward of humility and the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. How many of you don't mind having some riches? How many of you like to have some honor? Honor does not come by pushing for it. Honor comes by honoring Him. And if we will honor Him, He will honor us. Amen. So riches, honor, and life come from the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord. I love that, don't you? Now notice the next one, number five. You will be able to receive revelations about the blessings that God has prepared for you. Revelations about the blessings that God has prepared for you. God's prepared some great blessings for us. And that's found in Psalm 25 and in verse 14. And we'll look at that in the Amplified. I want you to read it with me. Ready? Let's read together. The secret of the sweet satisfying companionship of the Lord have they who fear revere and worship him and he will show them his covenant is there more about the covenant that we could know thank God for what we do know but oh there's so much more there's so much more that the eyes of our understanding can see There's so much more about this covenant that God wants us to know. Amen. Amen. And notice with me, it says, it comes through the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord. That's beautiful. Those who fear Him, revere Him and worship Him. Father, I pray that You show us even more and reveal to us the deep inner meaning of your covenant for you are a covenant keeping God and that's a benefit and that's a blessing for you and me number six the floodgates of blessings are open number six God has laid up goodness for those who fear him Psalm 31 and verse 19 oh how great is your what which you have laid up which you have stored up for them that which you have wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men that's powerful 
So what this is saying is God's got a storehouse of goodness and glory and favor put up, stored up, laid up for you and me. The psalmist said it this way. He said, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Number seven. God will deliver you from death and provide for you in a time of lack. Psalm 33, 18 and 19, it says this, But the Lord's eye is upon those who fear Him, who revere and worship Him casually. Are you in awe of Him? Do you have to see Him to be in awe of Him? You don't even have to feel Him to be in awe of Him. But I'll guarantee you, When you get in awe of Him, you're going to sense His presence. Those who revere and worship Him with awe and wait for Him and hope in His mercy and in His loving kindness. Number eight, you will receive an abundance of His grace and mercy. That's found in Psalm 103, verse 17. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that what? Do we all need mercy? I'll raise both hands. We all need mercy. But you know what's at the throne of grace? Mercy. To find help in our time of need. It's upon those that fear Him. And not only that, not only upon you, but His righteousness unto your children's children. Oh, that's good news, isn't it? And then number nine, you will receive divine wisdom as long as long life. That's found in Proverbs 9, verse 10 and 11. Let's read it together. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is under... Just like we need mercy, how many of you know we need wisdom? But the entrance, the access point of drawing out wisdom is by the fear of the Lord. And by the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Look at, uh, I think it's verse 11. Read it together. For by me thy days and the years of thy life Let me ask you, is that living the blessed life? And then number 10. I wonder, did you wear your shouting clothes? Thank you. I got mine on. I like my shouting clothes. Number 10. Your children, and and I look at you as our spiritual children, And future generations, you know there's a future generation for this church? Just like there is naturally for, you know, our kids and your kids. But your children and future generations will be blessed and you will experience, now listen to this, even financial blessings and prosperity. And I just want you to pull Psalm 112 up. Verses 1 through 3. And you read that whole psalm. I'm telling you, man, it is so power-packed. 
But notice with me, our text was in verse 1 of Psalm 112, verses 1 through 3, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord and that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Now notice verse 2. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth and the generation of the upright shall be Verse 3, read it with me. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Fearing the Lord is a treasure. It's our treasure. It's something, ladies and gentlemen, that we must not forget. And we must not omit in this church. We are believing God for greater presence and greater glory. And reverence for Him is a major key. So I want to encourage you this morning. All week long, let me give you three or four ways that you can practice the fear of the Lord. Number one, just by honoring Him. Number two, Show respect for His Word. Read it. Meditate on it. Worship Him outside of this building. Invite Him into your everyday life. Into your everyday decisions. Don't exclude Him. Include Him. And then we already talked about this. You can show the fear of the Lord and practice it by practicing giving your life to Him and your body to Him daily as a living sacrifice.